Come one, come all. Step right up. See interstellar gestures with a thirst for extermination. We watched killer clowns from outer space. We are the film fellas. We watch random movies that you love, hate, or have never heard of, and then we talk about them. I'm Greg, and why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? I'm talking to you, ladies. I'm Nick, and I cannot do a backflip anymore. I'm Caleb, and my favorite movie when I was growing up was not this movie. It was Toy Story 2. I'm Robbie, and I'm deathly afraid of heights. Let's get into it. said we are the film fellas this week we watched killer clowns from outer space this was nick's pick nick tell us a little bit about this movie and why you picked it so this movie was directed and produced by the cheeto brothers kyoto kyoto brothers sort of like japan <laughs> it was a two million dollar budget film which i feel like they spent a lot of that money on other things besides the movie <laughs> they actually it all went to special effects shade yes. already. <laughs> it was a movie that sort of creeped me out as a kid, and now I look back and it's a beautiful comedy and no longer a horror movie. I picked it because we've been having all these serious movies, and I want a nice little laugher in the middle. Good choice, man. Let's get into our one-sentence summaries. Nick, start us off. All right, my one-sentence summary is, there are about 30 clowns in the movie, but you'll leave only remembering the small one. How about you, Caleb? <laughs> All right, here's my one sentence summary. I've got to get into a bit of a character. Coming next summer, killer clowns from outer space. Don't watch it alone because it's boring. Damn. Hot take. Look, I'll get into why later. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving it there for now, but I'll explain later. All right, I'll go next. Yeah, great. Go next. My one sentence summary is... Uh... What are you going to do with those pies, boys? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the last thing I wrote down. <laughs> I, was, I was going to say that. <laughs> I have that in my notes with a big underline. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Robbie? Killer clowns. They traumatized me as a child, and now they make my eyes roll. From outer space. <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to get into our synopsis where we're going to go one by one and explain what happened to the plot. And it's going to be real poor and we're probably going to forget a lot of shit, but it'll be a lot of fun. Yes, indeed. Well, listen, all you people who are listening, this movie came out in 1988, but be that as it may, if you haven't seen it yet, there's going to be spoilers ahead. So spoilers for this movie. Nick, please start us off. All right. So the movie opens up. And we're in Crescent Cove, a small little town. No one really knows where it is. There's no map, but it's by a beach. So I'm assuming it's in California, even though there's beaches all around the world. But I think it's California. Totally. It's got that California vibe. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know why it's a California vibe? Because there's a dude in glasses walking around drinking beer, all happy-nilly in front of a cop car. And the cop goes, oh, you dang young kids. Beer brand beer. And, yeah, and the can says just beer. <laughs> I love it. Favorite beer. Big bold letters. None of the budget went towards advertising. <laughs> so they go out. <laughs> the the we see a grumpy cop and he's like, "Ugh, young kids." His name's Mooney. We'll get to him later. We go out. The guy with the beer goes to a makeout point called the Top of the World, and all these couples are making out all hot and nilly like. 
as they do in these old movies. Ooh, they're all in college, so they can have alcohol. And they made that very clear later on. So they're making out, and all of a sudden, these ice cream boys come out of nowhere. And they're in an ice cream truck. And they're the brothers. The brothers called the Terenzis. And they're a little comedy duo. Like, hey, you guys want to buy ice cream? They're like, hey, you're killing the mood. I'm trying to make out with my girl, trying to mack on her neck. And they're like, hey, ice cream. And no one wants to buy ice cream because it's a total boner killer. And then it turns out the Terenzis have some girls in the back. And they're all eating ice cream. Like, so how much ice cream can we have? And they're like, you can have as much as you want because they're trying to get with them. And then they're they're not going to get anywhere with the females. And then all of a sudden a comment comes, fellas. Yeah, wow, what, a, what an intro. <laughs> all right, so this comment comes, and we are introduced to our principal characters, Mike Tobacco and Debbie Stone, who just pretty much go by Mike and Debbie. And they see the comet, and Debbie wants to go investigate. Mike doesn't really want to, but he'll go along. He's, still, he's along for the ride. But first, we get this, uh, this old coot of a character, sort of like the town prospector type vibe. And he sees the comet and he goes to investigate with his very cute dog, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and he gets to the comet and discovers it's not a comet. It's a big top circus tent. The prospector looks it over for a bit and realizes that something's amiss. Putting up a circus tent in the middle of the forest with no ticket booth is poor business practice. But then he turns around and <gasps> Winnie the Pooh has been taken and left behind only a handkerchief. But then the prospector turns around again and finds a grotesque clown looking at him very sort of menacingly and he gets shot. Oh no, cut back to Mike and Debbie and they go to investigate the circus tent and they find an opening and they go in and realize really quickly that uh, this isn't your typical commercial tent. And in fact, the tent has got an engine or a, a nuclear power plant or something. And there's these light bulbs that have cotton candy hanging from them. And, there's, and they discover another clown, very gross creature who shoots popcorn at them, but they get out at the, just the right time. They drive away back into town, fellas. So they're back in a town now, and they're freaking out because it's like, oh my god, what just happened? There was these clowns, but they were, were they aliens? Was it a UFO? And Mike is like, no, no, we're, he's going to be a skeptic. And he's like, no, nothing happened, but we, we just got to get out of there. And she's like, wait, we've got to go over to the cop station. I know someone there, and they'll definitely listen to me. And so you're thinking to yourself, wait, why does she want to go to the cops? I mean, the only person that we've seen so far that's a cop, real, it looks like an asshole. So why does she want to go? Well, it's because the deputy there is actually a nice guy. And even better, he's her ex-boyfriend. And now her new boyfriend meets her ex-boyfriend and they have sparks flying where they're kind of angry at each other because he doesn't believe them that there is a big top UFO in the middle of nowhere that's been killing people. So he doesn't believe them and uh, locks him up and is taking him back. And as they pass, uh, he, they find this parking lot full of cars and they go over one of the cars, they open the door and it's full of cotton candy, pink type stuff. And there's just these broken glasses sitting there on the seat. And he's like, oh my God, I think there's something wrong. And the other guy's like, yeah, I told you so. So he unlocks him and they get back in the car and they're like, okay, we're going to go investigate. But first we're going to drop Debbie off. And Debbie's like, wait, what? I want to go with you. And they're like, uh, no, you're not. You're going to go back home. She's like, okay, fine. She goes home to take a shower. One of the longest showers you ever see because it's like a 20 minute shower. But while she's in there, there's little pieces of popcorn that fall off. And those popcorn aren't popcorn. They're monsters. And they're going to come out and they're going to try and kill her while she's in the shower. And Phyllis some shower shaming there 20 minutes isn't that long like you know she's had a traumatic experience <laughs> <laughs> so while this is happening we keep seeing these clowns come into town and they're going they're doing all these uh 
pranks and fun times, but they're not actually pranks and fun times. They're actually shooting these ray guns at people and they're wrapping them in cotton candy and they're turning them into these cocoons and they're taking them back to their ship. Why? We don't know yet. But these clowns are taking over and they're messing with all these people. And one of the clowns goes to the police station and Officer Mooney, who doesn't believe in all of this, he's been taking these calls all night like, yeah, yeah, killer clowns, right. And played by <laughs> John Vernon, by the way. And clown comes in, he's like, well... Lottie, whipty freaking do. And he's like, oh, I'm going to arrest your ass for being a clown. And he goes in and he arrests him. And there's these two punks that he had arrested earlier in the movie. And he shuts the, the jail door. And the clown gets one of those party blowers and blows it at him. And it turns into this hand and chokes him and kills him. And then he turns the punks into cotton candy. And then we cut back to the bathroom, fellas. So in the bathroom, Debbie finally gets out of the shower. And she's drying off. And all of a sudden, her laundry hamper starts to shaking and that's like oh that's not good and it starts shaking 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 all of a sudden out of nowhere boo oh no there's a little like clown snakes trying to grab her and she's like ah god dang and they like take a little bite out of her and all of a sudden there's a bigger one in the toilet which is why i was scared to use the bathroom for a week after watching this movie Ooh. <laughs> so it's trying to grab her she grabs like some hairspray and starts spraying them like ah why wouldn't we sort of, she goes into the into the shower, uses the curtain, fends herself off. Anyway, she gets out and there's clowns all around her house. They're surrounding her. She opens the window to jump out and there's like a four clowns doing the whole like scene from Dumbo where they have fire hats on a little little holdy thing for her to jump onto. And she's like, I hell no on that one. They're holding a trampoline, Nick. A trampoline. I forgot the word. So (laughs) she turns around, about to run. There's another clown. And this clown, he puts her in a balloon because apparently they don't want to put her in a cotton candy like everyone else because plot. So they bring her out. And while this is all happening... Mike, Dave, and the Terenzi brothers have gotten together. They're in a van, the ice cream truck. They go there. By the way, for later, the ice cream truck has a giant clown on top of it. That's important, sort of. <laughs> so they go. They um, get there right as Debbie is being taken with the clowns in a balloon. And it's a small car, so obviously they're going to do the clown gag later. They're chasing after her. Fellas. <laughs> oh, it's me. Uh, the clown... <laughs> So the clown car rolls up to where the circus tent has relocated, which is in a Crystal Cove's sort of their own Santa Cruz boardwalk pier. And so, if you were a clown, where would you hide? The amusement park. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and a total of four to five clowns, because I don't remember specifically, get out of the clown car, and it, it's really impressive. And they, yeah, four to five. And it's really impressive, and they ice the poor security guard who just wanted to eat a sandwich, and they bring Debbie inside. But Dave and Mike and the Terenzi brothers are hot on the trail, and they go through some spooks and some traps. And the Terenzi brothers fall in to this ball pit and meet some lady killer clowns, which that'll be for, for later, so they can set up a deus ex machina. <laughs> and Dave and Mike, they go into the, the cotton candy cocoon room and they discover that the cotton candy cocoons are being used as refreshment drinks where the killer clowns are sticking their it's enormous soda straws in the cocoons and drinking some stuff. <laughs> but we also forgot to mention that Dave discovered earlier that the clowns have two weaknesses. Uh, one is hairspray, which Debbie found, and the other is being shot in the nose, fellas. So now Debbie and or Debbie gets released, popped out of the balloon. 
by Dave and Mike and they're like, okay, we're, we're going to try and get you out of here. And the Trezzy brothers are dead because they vanished. And so they must be gone, even though we never saw the bodies. And so they start leaving the building and as they're on their way out, they get chased by all the clowns. And so now they're going through this fun house, bizarro realm of traps again. And they come out into this big room. There's all of these clowns come from everywhere and they're chasing them up on top of this pile of blocks and different things. And they get to the very top and then all of a sudden, Deus Ex Machina comes ramming through the wall and it is an ice cream truck and the Trezzy brothers are okay and they're covered with lipstick kisses, which imply for the viewer what exactly happened. And they were like, wait, we are the great Jojo clown and we tell you that in our word, you may not harm them. And the clowns believe this for some reason and they climb down and they start looking at him. But all of a sudden, the ceiling opens and this gigantic marionette string guy comes down and he's huge. He's like the size of 15 of them or 20 of them all put together. And then he roars and comes after them. And so now they're, it's fighting against the van. They toss the van. The van explodes. And oh, no, the Trezzy brothers must be dead this time. And so then they uh, take advantage of the fact that they can try and run away. And they shoot it in the nose. And they escape. They get outside. And they find out that not only are they outside and they got in the car, they're like, oh, no, Dave must be dead because he was still trapped. But no, he's okay. And not only is he okay, the Terezi brothers are also okay. And they climb up over the car and they look really happy. And they're like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's gone. And then it floats up in the sky and explodes. And as it does, so a bunch of pies come down, hit him in the face. The end. Hey. Hey. All right. Hey. Remy is kind of uh, telling what happened, but not really like what happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've got the general gist. <laughs> Nick, go ahead. I picked this movie again because it's a cult classic and I love cult classics like Rocky Horror and The Room are my stuff. This movie is, the acting is so bad, it's beautiful. The only two people who have like good acting are Mooney and... Farmer Gene Green, who's the <laughs> old guy who died in the beginning. Gene Green's my favorite. Oh the my best part goodness. is, is those are the only two people who have any other credits besides this movie. The other pe- actors have like maybe one or two, and then they just went off the face of the earth. <laughs> Dang. I think because this is such a send up of 50 sci-fi movies that they're intentionally acting poorly. They have that over the top kind of, oh no, what does it mean? <laughs> Cocoons. <laughs> And which I, can we get into the creativity of this movie? Yeah, like they milk every instance of clowning. Like in the beginning, when Mike and Debbie escape the tent, they get some balloon animals and fold them into the little dogs and their little search dogs, and they run around with these balloon animals in front of them, and they use the cotton candy as cocoons and the popcorn as like trackers and stuff. It's oh, it's really good. Yeah, that goes into my favorite um, kill from the movie, as it were, is one of the clowns is doing like shadow puppets on a wall by a bus stop. And there are these like crazy shadow puppets and his hands do not match at all what the shadow (laughs) looks like. But they're like super intense. At first, it's like a really good bunny. Then it's like the American Revolution where George Washington's on the boat going forward. And then all of a sudden, it turns into a little T-Rex. And it's like, ooh, T-Rex. Everyone's all spookied. And then it just comes off the wall and eats like the group of like seven people. And I thought that was so cool. And then yeah, uh, dude, that's dope. across the street, Dave and Mike are just like, Dave, Mike's like, shoot, shoot. Dave's like, oh, it's fine. We have to just watch what's happening. And all of a sudden people get eaten. And he's like, oh, whoops. <laughs> oh, this is real. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Did we get a bit with the, the clown and the, like the honky horn that they have? Did we get any of that? I thought we did, but like, I can't remember specifically. The what? Like, you know how I feel like there is have, too. Like, a, 
Yeah, how clowns. Yeah, like Harpo like Marx. <laughs> yeah, you know, they make the sound. Uh, Greg, can you make that sound again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they make that exact sound. Yeah, do we get that? I feel like there is, but I can't remember. I feel it. like there is. Also, to be fair, they you... might have been saving it for the sequel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had plans for a sequel that allegedly might be coming soon, but. Oh, really? It's the perfect uh, time. It's called The Return of Killer Clowns from Outer Space in 3D. Oh, whatever. Oh, yes. <laughs> I would be to say, like, they, they have to have some sort of, like, electric boogaloo or something. Some Their plan was to make this a whole series. I heard the, in an interview, they were like, we should be at, like, number nine by now. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be opposed to it. I love the practical clown costumes. They are so good. These are not are actually people really with clown makeup. These are full-on creatures, like distorted clown caricature evil monsters with sharp mm-hmm. teeth and giant, like, hands with bulbous fingers, but only four of them and stuff. It's- and have the creepiest laugh ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, like, creepy, it's make- but, like, in 1950s creepy, where it's just like a, like a meh sort of way. Exactly. It's a loving tribute to 50s monster movies, basically. The Blob, mm-hmm. Wolfman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very inspired the by The Blob. Like, the opening scene with um, Gene Green, the farmer, was basically an almost exact copy of the first kill from The Blob. An old exactly. farmer with a dog, and the dog goes missing. He's like, where's the dog? And all of a sudden, he dies. Dogs Since Nick brought it up, I was going to ask, what's everyone's favorite kill? Mine is also the shadow puppets because you have like the people waiting at the bus stop and there's like this old man who gets really patriotic when he does like the the George Washington crossing the river scene and he like (laughs) gives like a hearty salute and everyone's like, we love this. But if I had to pick a second, it would probably be the one where this clown is doing a hand puppet scene and there's only one guy watching him as like one of his hand puppets grabs a gun and the and points it at the guy and the guy just starts laughing really strangely and then the clown rises up out of his little hand puppet feeder box and then shoots him with the hand puppet and it's so like slow and awkward that it's get got to laugh sometimes when you don't have a choice you might as well laugh my favorite one is when the little one rolls up on his bicycle and he meets the bikers from Pee-wee's Big Adventure and <laughs> <laughs> they start picking on him and he puts on his boxing gloves. He's like, what are you going to do? Knock my block off? And then he uppercuts him and knocks his block off and his head flies into a trash can. It's just hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the, those were probably two of my favorites. The ones you already, you guys already said was that the, uh, the short clown punching the guy's head off and the hand puppets one. But another one that um, I, I liked just because it was just so long and drawn out was the, the kill of officer Mooney with the hand puppetry, which I was like, Oh, they're like using it as been the whole Ventrilogist County, but it's like speaking English through him because they can't speak English. I just thought I was like, Oh, that's a clever like take on, I'm trying to think of what I know. It's pastiche of a horror film, and I can't remember which one it is. Some where they, bumps. No, they, <laughs> they used the that, body. They kind of did that in Independence Day, didn't they? I think Independence Day came after, though. Right, right. Yes, but like, definitely. Just so, just for for my personal I think you're trying reference. To think of whichever was before. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
there was one where the, they couldn't talk and they had to oh uh invasion of the body snatchers yeah there we go that's okay. what it's a, that's what's a playoff on is a mm-hmm. invasion Which of the body back snatchers. to the cocoons too it was kind of like invasion of the body snatchers yeah, a, a lot of it and i was like oh this is really cool because i really liked that uh movie when i watched it when i was uh when i was younger but um <sighs> this this uh i don't know if we'll go into it later but like I was terrified of this film for years because I watched it maybe when I was like nine or something. It came on and I already have like kind of a fear of clowns. And so that just freaked me out and I swore never to watch it. And until I was forced to watch it with you guys, I was like, no, no. And then I watched <laughs> it. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. It's so much fun. Yeah. If you watch it when you're young, like I watched it on Spike TV and I was like, Oh no, no, no. And then now it's just, it's such a good comedy overall. It's very good. The the comedy is very good. The writings for what it is, the writing is spectacular Mm -hmm. and the practical effects are great. So it was Caleb's hot take. Uh, Oh, boring Caleb. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the thing. Okay. Y'all know, I don't like horror movies. We've, Uh we've, we've done, a few on this show and the general gist of why I, I, the general gist of why I said what I said is that like, I just felt lonely watching this movie alone. I was just laughing in a room to myself and I wanted to watch it with you guys and my friends. And it Aww. just like, it makes it a much better movie if you can like laugh and make fun of it along with some folks. So that, yes, that was it wasn't so much thing. boring as it was, it it begs to be watched in a group. Yeah, and like I mean, also this movie is strikingly silent. Like it's really quiet. It has a soundtrack, but like in general, the vibe I got was just that there wasn't much music. Although it does have its own like theme song with like you know eighties rock and. There's a chorus of people like kill. You guys, the theme song is the greatest of all time. I'm going to cut it in right here. It's so good, guys. (laughs) (laughs) What I like is uh, when I was reading trivia about this, one of the... Kyoto Brothers, that was the theme song was like from their high school band. And they didn't, the band didn't like it because it sounded too jazzy, but then they're like speaking the theme song. It's got the great circus music, dun, 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 but it's in that Rocky style. Mm-hmm. It's so perfect for this movie and it sets the mood of the movie immediately. It's the perfect amount of like drive in movie popcorn cheesiness that was just, ugh. I loved it. I was like, oh, okay, so that's what I'm going to be watching. I feel a little bit better because I was like, I don't want to watch this. I really don't. I have been spending the week going, killer clowns. <laughs> Just randomly. <laughs> killer clowns. One of my favorite parts of this movie is when the little girl's being tempted by the bigger clown to come outside. She's in a restaurant. And uh, for my, my personal take is she should have died because she <laughs> took her pickles off her damn burger. Oh. Who does that? He did. Yeah, pickles are good. I was like, ooh, that, never mind. Get that girl out of here. The gene pool needs to be cleansed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, through that scene, I was like, is he going to bash that little girl? Yeah. He has the he, behind he, it, him the whole time. Only two of the kills were actually violent. The one with the little clown who punched the guy's head off. <laughs> and <laughs> potentially that one, because he has a giant, like, 
one of those hammers using the carnival games. Like a and mallet. He's like, yeah. he's like using his finger doing that creepy little, come here, kid. But he doesn't say anything because he's a clown. He's just like motioning outside, and it's just like it cuts back and forth between him, her. She's getting closer, closer, closer. And all of a sudden, the mom grabs her, and she doesn't get killed. And it's like, what? Yeah. No, Apparently she didn't see a, the creepy clown outside. It was an yeah, actual moment of suspense. No one did. <laughs> glass the entire way, but... Like, no <laughs> one's ignoring. looking out the window. No one's looking at this girl looking out the window like, hmm, there's a, someone out there. I like how the clowns could have just gone in and killed everybody because they don't need to capture everybody. There's the part where the guy's driving along the road and the other clown pulls up and... It crashes him off the side of the cliff. Yeah. Oh, the invisible uh, so clown. They, they could just kill people if they want, but they do bits about it because they're clowns. Like the pizza delivery, where they're like, <laughs> oh, pizza. And then the clown pops up through the pizza box and shoots him. <laughs> or the, the one clown delivers the box of chocolates to the woman, and she's like, oh, husband, you're so nice. And <laughs> is distracted long enough to get shot by the ray gun. Yeah, they go the- shopping in the drugstore, just pull- <laughs> just piling everything on the guy's counter. And you when call you the say cops. shopping, <laughs> they, they literally just go the in and take everything off the shelf. Like, like, is this what I want? Puts his hand on the shelf and just drags the entire thing off. <laughs> no, I'm going to move on. <laughs> the shop Which, owner like, stays behind the counter so yeah. long. He does. Terrified. I think I might have a problem. Yes, the two people that are bodies now on your floor. Warned <laughs> <laughs> you, like, this uh, is a problem. <laughs> Yeah, he's really got that like minimum wage employee <laughs> energy because he's like, I don't know if I should call management or just like I don't know the protocol for this. I'm just gonna stay right here. But like he looks like he owns the place. I mean, he calls the cops and the cops are like, well, he calls Mooney and Mooney's yeah, like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, uh, Mooney. What well, I love Mooney because he's acted very well and like you viscerally, viscerally hate him. Just because mm-hmm. he's oh, yes. so he's so annoying and like so like in his ways, like when he. For those at home, you might know him as the dean from Animal House. Yeah, as well as Dirty Harry, right? No, no, he was in that movie. <laughs> I liked him in that Jewel Blanking. movie. <laughs> <laughs> he was the mayor from Dirty Harry. Okay, yeah, he, was he wasn't not Dirty Harry, not the yeah. You know, what was I don't know that yeah. guy. He wasn't Clint Eastwood. No. He wasn't Clint Eastwood. <laughs> That's range right there. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but he's got such good lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you doing here, you little fart? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be greased and fried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, wait, was, that wasn't Mooney, was it? Was it not? No, they, that was no, the... That was that the old was prospector. The, uh, What's prospector. his name? Um, green? Yeah, yeah, Green. green. Foreshadowing uh, that's McGee. when he sees the carnival. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, well, I'll be greasy and fried. <laughs> <laughs> What's the circus doing here in the middle of the forest? That was yeah, my with favorite. Them. Love that. Well, the one part about Mooney's character that sort of conflicts me with him is he hates the college kids who are just walking, like the kids who look like thugs and they're having wine, but he lets the guy with glasses who has beer go just because they look like they're ruffians, even though they're drinking wine. How bad can they be? Mm-hmm. Well, because the kid with the beer is a townie, and <laughs> they don't care for college kids in their town. Yeah, but wasn't Mike also a townie, or was he just a college kid? Because Mike's just a townie, but the, the guys who were drinking wine were college kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Mooney hated Mike because he's like, you're with the Terenzi brothers. Yeah, he, but he's he the knows real evil of this movie. All the people in the <laughs> town, yet he's still a cynical little, little, little jerk. Not little, he's quite a large fellow, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Also, he gets a sin or a strike. I shouldn't say sin. That's a whole nother 
<laughs> he gets a little strike on him because he drinks whiskey out of a styrofoam cup. Uh, that makes me savage. so uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> how low can you get? Disgusting. How much more can you can you scream? If it makes you I'm feel better, he gets the flowers that squirt water in his face. Yeah. I was hoping that'd and be acid. Dies too, but. I thought for yeah. sure that would be acid, but it was not. <laughs> Which is a good gag because all these like other clowns are doing like the similar stuff and it turns out to be bad. And then it's just a flower with water. She's like, ah, like, that clown was playing the long con. Mm-hmm. He, he definitely was. He was going along with it. Like he let himself get, a, get arrested and he went, he got booked and thrown in the prison. And only then did he get his kill, which like at first I was like, oh, you're going to let Mooney go out like that. That's so like understated. Like that other guy got his block knocked off, but like, and then they did the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the puppetry telepathy thing so it was a little yeah. a little bit more poetic justice it was really clever that the lines on his mouth indicate the ventriloquism were blood that was really yep. great. i also love how um when dave comes in and sees the police department just full of clown footprints when they go to the jail cell the clown footprints just like go up the wall and like do a bunch of circles like at first yeah. it's just like leading to the back where the holding cell is and then they just go everywhere <laughs> it's just like did the clown just like walk around the ceiling just for fun which like <laughs> if he did you gotta appreciate the commitment to the bit because like these clowns are slow they have a brisk waddle at best they, they're not they're not sprinters so like he's taking his time walking a menacing waddle yeah they a, have- a menacing waddle Sometimes, sometimes like when they're going down the fire pole later, they look a little silly. (laughs) Their (laughs) shoes are like three times the size as what they should be because they're clown shoes. And I've gone like scubing and walking in flippers is awful. I feel so bad for the the stuntmen and the guys, the clowns to do that. (laughs) Also, those costumes must have been hot. So I'm very happy that they filmed it at night or else uh, that would be a very miserable experience. Like we had mentioned, the Kyoto brothers were mostly known for special effects. And this was like their first movie that they got to make, which is why the effects are really good. They had the animatronic faces to do all the clown like mouth movements and facial expressions and the full designs of each character and all the props and everything. It really shows that they know how to do the effects and they know what really makes this universe look full and real. Like I read that they made all the clown effect, uh, clown costumes themselves for like a mm-hmm. fairly low cost. So most of the budget went into just production and not on the costumes, which I think is incredible because those costumes would be so scary to see in real life. Um, yeah. Not only the caricatures of the clown, like that being the concept, but the way they like shaded their skin to make them look like they're almost corroding to show like they are aliens. Yeah. I, it, it would give me the heebie-jeebie seeing any of those. Wouldn't want them in my garage. It looks like what the Ninja Turtles costumes look like today from the old movies. I saw a picture a couple days ago from what they look like, and they're just the wear and tear on the Donatello costume is like peeling back everything, and it looks like one of the clowns. (laughs) That's an investment. They weren't preserved, but nobody thinks about that at the time. Mm. Yeah. It's not like a... Well, I guess he wasn't preserved. The blow up pilot from airplanes oh yeah <laughs> he deteriorated <laughs> he deteriorated Auto. in the garage <laughs> Auto. Yeah. Auto. the one talking point i wanted to like overall discuss is the love triangle between debbie mike and dave because <laughs> to me it's not consistent because mike ends up getting so cucked in the end but yet mike and dave become like besties out of nowhere <laughs> look man fighting for your life will do that <laughs> yeah you know by by the end they're all just group hugging 
and you're okay with that. It's pretty unclear if Debbie's going to go back to Dave or stay with Mike. Or It is kind of unclear. Is that the end? Yeah. But I don't think it's relevant either. Yeah. <laughs> at, at the end, Dave was like, was kissing Debbie's head and like had his hand on her shoulder while I Mike saw was that. Like looking up on the right side, just not touching. Whoa, where'd the clowns go? Some of this movie has a lot of inconsistencies, which, of course, it's, it's a B-movie, as it were. Would Mike, Debbie, and Dave die at the end because they had three pies hit them? And that's what literally dissolved the security guard was a bunch uh-huh. of pies. So I'm thinking that that was the clown's like last kills that they left. But they, yet they seemed like they were not bothered by it. I think when Clownzilla got killed, all of their evil clown powers goes away. Well, they have a lot of inconsistent powers. Yeah. <laughs> for, for that matter. Like they have a car, but they can fly. So they're just really committed to their bits. <laughs> I they're think so. Very committed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're, they are actors and comedians. Yeah. They don't stoop to just fly everywhere. <laughs> so I love the, the popcorn... lights on his shoes. I think was I the really popcorn babies or... Maybe. They're like probably like seedlings and they have to like sit and grow in like a dark area because every time they've grown like in the dumpster, they were covered by something in the toilet and the laundry hamper. Oh, you're right. But the guy who's doing the shadow puppets... When he chops everybody, turns them into the little popcorn and puts them in his bag. Oh, yeah. Oh. I forgot about that, yeah. So I don't know what it is. I think it's uh, just a fun little cl- Like when he says, popcorn, why popcorn? Because they're clowns! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just got to appreciate the ingenuity and the wherewithal for that one clown that shot the popcorn at Debbie. He's like, you know, Mike and Debbie are getting away, and the clown's like, well... This doesn't look like a job for the death ray. This looks like a job for the homing popcorn seedling thing gun. Fortunately, I have it right here. <laughs> just for this, just for this scenario. Mm-hmm. I was eating I keep popcorn it in the while watching room. this. Oh, I got really, really weirdly grossed out by the popcorn <laughs> in Debbie's scene on the on the floor of her bathroom, where it becomes squishy and starts moving. That was awesome, though. Like, I, yeah, it's gross, but the fact that they animated the popcorn like while she's in that scene walking around is really cool. Yeah, because it's not claymation. It had to be like an overlay, right? I guess. I don't know. It was really cool. But haven't you learned from Caleb's example, don't eat while you watch these movies? <laughs> no, I eat all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was eating and I lost my ap- appetite. <laughs> <laughs> I almost lost it with um the very obese clown where his face is the entirety of his neck. Mm, he he was like so that. like moist and like oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you have to say it like that? Because <laughs> that's what it was. His mouth is just like they spritzed it with some water beforehand, so it was just droopy and drooly. I'm like, oh, <laughs> boy, part boxer because he cannot control his slobber. Mm-hmm. He's like the guy from Dune. I can't control my spittle. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Did we want to put uh, put it to a vote who Debbie's gonna court after this movie, Dave or Mike? Oh, Dave. It's, I think it's Dave. Yeah, I think it's Dave, Dave too. Mike got cucked. Yeah, I think there's a reason they broke up. Oh, oh yeah, you're in Team Mike here. You're taking a stand. Yeah, Mike Tobacco. <laughs> what a dumb name. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what a dumb guy too. Look, man, he hangs out with the Terenzi brothers. That's how you get ladies. It is. Uh, hey, you got Debbie, so. <laughs> I love Which, it. let's, uh, let's 
talk about their ice cream business for a minute. They roll up. All these people are making out at Makeout Point at the top of the world. And they roll up and they're like, hey, everyone, let's have ice cream. We got everything. Fruity Wooties, Icy Wicies, Fudgy Wudgies, and the ever popular Lick a Stick. Everyone's like, get out of here. You're ruining the mood. And there's like 500 empty cans and they're able to check out them. It was great. I told you this wouldn't be a good idea. This was your idea. I love how they keep swapping that the entire time. They can't decide. Fun fact about the Terenzi brothers, the two guys who were from that are a comedy duo before this movie, and they made a movie called The Cheese Ball something. I don't remember. <laughs> the, only, the only reason I remember Cheese Ball at all was my dad's band back in his college days is called The Cheese Balls. <laughs> oh, awesome. <wow. laughs> so I'm like, Cheese Balls? Ah, that's sticking with me. The uh, part of the movie, that was the part of the movie that actually made it fun for me because as you could probably hear from last episode i was not not looking forward to this at all and so i'm sitting there and i'm watching it and i wasn't having a good week anyway and um i'm all ready to be mad at this so i'm already like kind of like oh this is going to be awful and then when they put when the trezzy brothers pull up in that truck and they just go off for probably four paragraphs worth of just joke after joke i was like all right, all right, I'm on board. Like, <laughs> I, I want to see where this goes because that that was good. Mm-hmm. So that's probably my favorite scene in the whole movie is that one right there at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that movie that they made is called uh, Cheeseball Presents uh-huh. yeah. from Ooh. 1984. What is your guys' favorite aspect of this movie? For me, it's like the audio of it. It sounds like everything is dubbed over, so it just makes it, Everything's so much worse, yet so much better. It does have that, like, foreign movie dubbing vibe to it, doesn't it? It sounds like yeah. the audio's coming from, like, behind everything, and the actors are just sort of chilling there. Yeah, <laughs> or, like, when the, the, the big boss clown is coming down, all their, vo- their voices are just, like, bouncing off of every which wall. Which, <laughs> I mean, you know, you do what you can in terms of audio quality. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Speaking of like our audio quality, when Dave is walking to like look at the glasses in the car, his keys are going off the <laughs> entire time. <laughs> I just have a big circle of Dave's keys. It's, Dave's keys. It's just bad ASMR of just keys dangling the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! What's this? Oh my god! Glasses. Like, just don't have keys on. Like, you know he's a cop. You don't need that, but just... It ruined the scene for me, but I loved it at the same time. I think my favorite aspect of the movie is just the camp factor. Like, the commitment to the bit. Like I said, well, they will just use every bit of clowning to make these guys crazy and evil and killer. Like, we were talking about how the guy had uh, put the straw into the cocoon to suck out the human juice. It is the craziest, crazy straw I have ever seen. It goes on and on and twists and turns and loops. It's a full roller coaster of a straw. (laughs) My favorite aspect of this, it's kind of like just what you said, Greg. It's the performances, but because I absolutely 100% believe that everyone was actually like, on board and good actors and they just acted as bad as possible and it was great the only person who had like a lot of weight to what they were saying which you would think of like a traditional actor would be mooney 
and he was just so deliciously over the top evil. It's like, we know that you're going to die from the beginning. Like you're going to be the bad guy we all hate, but he just drives it home. Like there's the trope, you know, the kick the dog to show that you're evil, but it just gets Mm -hmm. darker and darker progressively. And then at the very end, it's just his entire battle is, is just this long drawn out execution scene, basically where he just digs his grave over and over again as the clown keeps doing this creepy stuff that should trigger anyone else to be like, there's something wrong here. And he just lets him do it all the way till the end. when he's like, Oh, and then he kills him. It, it was <laughs> but the acting in this was so cheesy and aware, self-aware. It was great. It was charming. Yeah. I gotta say my favorite aspect of this movie are the side characters. These characters are so out there and, I've already talked about my love for Prospector Green, as I'll call him, and his poor little dog, Winnie the Pooh, who got a net for some reason. I don't know what they planned for Winnie the Pooh. He got, like, netted at the beginning, and we just we didn't see the dog anyway. So there's this security guard at the pier who's, like, is guarding the, the tent, uh, unbeknownst to him. And he has, a, he has a sandwich he's about to eat when the clown car pulls up and they do their bit and they all get out of the car. And he's like, oh, you boys can't be here. It's late. And they all like hold out two pies each and it's, it's looking real menacing and they haven't said a word. The security guard's just watching them. And this was Greg's one sentence summary, but he just he watches them slowly get out two pies each and he just says, what are you going to do with those pies, boys? And that was <laughs> just the funniest part of the movie. And then, and then he gets pied, and apparently there's some caustic pies, but just it's so funny to see that this guy commit so hard to just like, hmm, there's something going on, but I can only slightly tell that something's just a little off. And the dude gets pelted with like 40 pies, and then the pies like melt him into this gelatinous goose. Mm-hmm. And then one of the clowns puts a cherry on top. The little one. Commitment to the bit. <laughs> it's great. Fellas, I have a proposal for you. Mm. So seeing as this movie is pretty much uh, a montage of creative clown kill after creative clown kill, I wonder if we can come up with some of our own creative clown kills. And I'll, I'll give us a start, but if if you will, I think... For the sequel, uh, Return of the Killer Clowns in 3D, Electric Boogaloo, or, or what, what have you, <laughs> I would like to propose this clown kill. We return to the same biker gang, and they're driving, they're, they're driving their bikes. <laughs> they're <laughs> motorcycling around or doing whatever cool people who own motorcycles do. And all of a sudden, from one side of the frame, a leg just pops out. And he trips all of the bikers and all of their bikes and they go flying off their bikes. You get in this picture, like then we just like cut and we, I wouldn't get in a lot of blank stares. We're just uh, (laughs) happy to see where this goes. Uh Yeah. And then, you know, like all the bikers get up, they dust themselves off and they're like, what the heck, man? And the clown pops out and he's like dressed as a police officer and he's like ready to take their uh, insurance information and he's like wagging his finger like, oh, you done messed up. And the motorcyclists are like, okay, you know, we, we give up. And then he gets out his boxing gloves and no- knocks one of their blocks off. <laughs> you know, <and> then, uh, 
It was the same bit, just longer and more complicated. <laughs> yeah, but the tripping bit is important because I think that fits within the vein. Is like these I clowns take can do whatever. Your idea and tweak it a little bit, do where it. the motorcycle gang is driving along and the clown sticks his leg out and the bikes all hit the leg, flip end over end, and the bikers, I don't know, fly off a cliff or something. Yes. Yeah. I I think the, I, I like that. That's really funny. They just all, Whoa. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they do the lemon wings <laughs> all off the cliff. That's an old Disney movie reference. For you me, a lemmings. A lemmings. Yeah. Ah. I thought you said lemon wings. Lemon wings. That's South was, Frost, That's the mouse. Lemon wings Mr. Uh, Mr. Gable. But yeah, I was thinking of that. Uh, slave. That's it. From Pete's Dragon, like in the climax of the old Pete's Dragon movie, where all the like the bad guys go flying because the because the dragon like sat really hard on one side of a seesaw. Elliot. And they're all sitting. There. Yeah. <laughs> what I would do for a kill is have the they they're like in the circus tent again and one of the clowns looks over preferably the small clown because he's the best clown and he sees someone in there and he looks to his right and there's all his juggling equipment there's some rubber balls there's some chainsaws there's some knives and he goes to like hover over the chainsaw and then he grabs bowling pins and starts juggling bowling pins walking menacingly and because <laughs> it's a small clown he ain't about just cotton candy he's 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 a killer he, he will, I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> if, they, if they make another movie, they're going to go for more kills because I think audiences won't react as well as more cotton candy cocoons. Cocoons, as Debbie would say. Cocoons? Cocoons? And he'd throw the bowling pin and it hit him in the eye and just go straight through his head. And then he'd do another bowling pin because he's juggling. There's three. Oh, and it goes his eyes and then the last one in his mouth. And somehow it throws him so hard that it like... What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you imagine this is R-rated? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good PG-13. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's a 1988 <laughs> PG-13 at that. Yeah, like, there's only a head that's off the body, like. Yeah, but that could have been PG. Uh, it's a classic PG-13. They got their yeah. one fuck. Well, yeah. it's like, I saw Enter the Dragon, and that was R, but the only, like, problem in that was a little bit of blood on Bruce Lee's chest, but then the guy's head gets cut off in this one. Um, I think for my new kill... It would be the balloon animal bit, but it would be with people. So um, when people were still Ooh. kind of, yeah, it, it, oh. when people are still kind of halfway not believing that this is going on, that hand puppet one where the guy died watching the hand puppets, it was the same thing. And so the guy would just like with the shadow puppets, you just make make a balloon animal, and people would be like, ooh, they make like this another balloon animal. This one moves and everything, and everyone's like, ooh, and then it just pans off to the side and is like, ah, and it comes back and it's just. A balloon animal from a person. Uh, and everyone like else is running away, person. and then they all turn into cocoons. It's a horsey. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, seeing where your mind goes now really makes me wonder why you didn't like this movie when you were nine. Because <laughs> well, like, I love horror movies, and I loved them when I was a kid, too. I know. But... I am. This isn't so, even a horror movie. I know. I'm just, for a child, it is. I am petrified of clowns. Always have been. I don't know why. It's like my favorite movie and series too. But I'm going to say that it ripped this off, but this did come out two years before the TV series, so or the mini series. Oh, just say it. Wait, it, yeah, it mini series. Yep. Ah, uh, yeah. See, this and the mini series are why I'm. I was scared of clowns forever. And there was a birthday clown that was doing like um, the Chinese yo-yo. 
and he mm. dropped it on my face. He's supposed oh. to do it all oh. over all the kids, and he messed up on me and just went right on my head. I'm like, ah! Yeah, no, I would never Shama. go to a party with a freaking real know. clown. I swear I would go ballistic. So, like, when I was a kid... Whose birthday was... is next? Let's get a clown. <laughs> <laughs> no. I refuse. I'm a Libra. Like, when I was a kid, the... I would watch like Cube and have no problem. Friday the 13th didn't make me blink, but I saw just parts of <laughs> this. your eyes open for hours. Yes, exactly. Too young for you to download the profanity of female bodies. But I just went, I, I could not watch this. And I immediately never watched or never even thought about it again until you mentioned it. So, ugh. But I'm yeah, I watched it. I had a smile on my face the whole movie. Like all of this was a delight. <laughs> it was a good killer clown. I went to Renzi Brothers. It. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm really happy that you guys chose this because other than this, back when I was a kid, I can't really think of a horror movie that like scared me, scared me, except maybe like that actually like, kept me up at night. This one did, absolutely, for like months. I was a scared child. Oh, there's one. Was it like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, something that wasn't actually a horror movie? No, yeah, it, it wasn't actually a horror movie, but it was disturbing and it tripped me out. And I never wanted to watch. Oh, my God. Was it a Don Bluth movie? No. Was it was it Big Adventure? Maybe. Was it Big the, Top oh, the like Yeah. No, I think it really was. It was one of those types of shows. And I watched it and I was like, how the how was this ever released? Like, why? Why would this be watched? Yeah, I have weird tastes. This, this thing that scared me the most as a kid was the mask two, and the dog when he gets the mask on him. <laughs> the mask was, two is horrifying. I was so scared of that dog when I would like wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. Do you guys Ooh. mean son of the mask? Son of the mask. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, okay. I never saw that shit. That looks terrible. It is. Oh, it's, it's awful. awful. It's it's horrifying. <laughs> but it holy is. heck, it creeped me out. A dog mm. gets the mask on him, and it's this CGI monster. Dog it's gets the bad. mask on him in the first one too. No, but yeah. like bad, but like bad. <laughs> <laughs> Not great. I wouldn't recommend. I'll be back to killer clowns. <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the movie is just the subtle dig Dave says to Mike when they're in the car. He's just talking to Mike about how he used to date Debbie, and he goes. I guess she preferred laughs over stability. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, cold ooh. sells it. Just nothing after. And do you see Mike go, what? And they just like keeps looking at the road, like all nonchalant. <laughs> <laughs> Drama. You love to see it. Well, the actor who played Dave, John Allen Nelson, was in Baywatch. So. Ooh. Yeah. He's got that you Baywatch know. hair. I could see it. Nick, do you think that it's that time? Oh, do you want to do that time? Is it that time? Is it that time? Caleb, what time do you think is it? it's this that time? time? Well, let me check my watch. I don't have a watch. Nick, what time is it? Well, now that you guessed, it's Robbie's. Names. I'm trying to spice it up every time. Robbie. <laughs> All right. So with this movie, because it is such a theme-rich film. Yeah. Unpack. It's, it's so much to unpack this, this film. But, um, I imagine that the themes are Cold War Soviet scare, right? That's what this movie's about. <laughs> no, the closest, like I, yeah. I stretched. I had to stretch a bit. The council will decide your themes. <laughs> like this is this is a fun one because again, it's 
it's a loving parody of so many of the 50s sci-fi horror films. And so it kind of cribs a little bit of themes from each of them for the individual scenes. Because like you guys said, this movie is mostly a montage. It's less a coherent like follow-through narrative as it is a, let's sit back and have fun with all the references and just you know chill out for a while as this happens. So as far as traditional themes, I had to stretch more than I usually do, which... If, you know, if you've been an avid reader, you know I stretch a lot. In this particular case, though... Reader? The closest uh, viewer, yeah. You're reading into <laughs> totally. these themes. Like we so, are. <laughs> I do read into themes. In this case, it's going to be... The closest I can find is uh, authority and also stranger danger, which is what happens with clowns, specifically because of the unknown and clowns being something that we're not really used to or used to seeing. Because it's like a universal fear almost a lot of times that people have a fear of this because like the unreadability of the face and there's a lot of reasons, but that comes up a lot. Like the counterpoint of something. Yeah, that's supposed to be, clowns. Yeah, that's supposed to be John fun and poppy and happy. And then you get it countercut with this horrible, you know, gore-tastic things. And that's the closest I could come with the interplay between those two. What do you guys think on that, on that level as far as something that's supposed to be benign becoming something that's not? If you had to pick something, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the council had decided that your theme is, in fact, a theme. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Thank you. Themeish. Theme for a genre. The greatest themeish. Yeah. Yeah, because like for a lot of the the little clown vignettes, it starts with people underestimating the clowns a lot, and they just are like, "Oh, and there's a clown." And, the most they get is like a sideways glance at their friend, like, oh, you know, should we, should we cross? Uh, we'll, we'll be okay. But, you know, there's, there's definitely some strange danger when your killer clowns are also aliens. Yeah. yeah. Mooney spends a good chunk of the movie fielding calls like, oh, sure, yeah, your wife got taken away in a balloon. Tell me the other one. Oh, oh, yeah, these clowns are coming to get you. Yeah, don't call here again. <laughs> And it's the that, police station. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call the police again. How dare you? <laughs> but um, the other one, the other theme that I found isn't as strong because it only deals with one character, but it's authority. Um, issues with authority with Mooney being the authority in town and how he kind of overbears on all the college kids. But in general, like he's, he's overboard. So if anything else, I would say maybe it's a word on authority figures and how people are skept- over skepticism can get you hurt. That's about as stretchy as I can get. <laughs> I did not find a lot of themes in here. <laughs> Quite topical. It was Robbie very fun, has though. failed us. I have. Robbie, the council has decided that your theme is once again <laughs> a character trait. <laughs> I, I just now saw your camera in the glasses. For the listeners at home, some, Caleb yeah. put on some aviators. Which I keep right next to me at all times, just in case I need, the, the council needs to decide the theme's fate. Oh. Fellas, I saw one estimation that said there are 40 kills in this movie, if you count some of the people that were already cocooned. It is about 
2.15 kills a minute. Ooh, pretty fast and efficient considering how slow walkers they are. That doesn't yeah, right? help, though. That's no, that's thing. one every two and a half minutes. Thank you. Yeah, flip your, uh, <laughs> flip your <laughs> labels. My notes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that makes sense. That's why I think it's more of a comedy because most horror movies, they like to space out their kills to make them more impactful. Mm-hmm. And they did the montage, which takes away the impact of each kill, but gives you more of that good horror vibe of like seeing some graphic yeah. content. Yeah. And-, and it's not so much of a montage as it is a series of kills. Vignettes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, vignettes. Yeah. It, it's, it's not like, fun. you're the best. Well, I'm definitely with Nick here. If there's any doubt in your mind to whether this is a horror movie or a comedy movie, I think uh, the best evidence that you could give is when our heroes are running away from the killer clowns in the climax and the killer clowns are right on their tails and they they come up against a, a door and Dave's like, Mike, get the door open. And Mike opens the door, he wrenches it open and he finds another smaller door and <laughs> wrenches that other door open. He's like, another door. <laughs> it's like... He says it almost the same every time with just a little hint of intensity <laughs> as he goes along. Just, uh, another door. <laughs> another door. <laughs> another door. And just like, they only do it like five times, I suppose, which I just wanted them to like have to crawl through this insanely tiny door. But I mean, <laughs> it was a good joke. I appreciated that. And that, that was quality. Yeah. I just have that in my notes under big capital letters. Another door. <laughs> so, fellas, you know the invisible car clown that's driving beside that guy and rams him off the road? I yeah. do. That you was going any- to be the beginning of the movie. Huh. It was going to start with that character making out with his girlfriend, him getting a little rough, and her getting out and saying, screw you. And he's like, good, you can walk home. And as he's driving along, that clown was going to come. But they kept shooting it, and the shots just kept getting messed up over and over again so they're like all right we're gonna take this shot and this shot and this shot these ones work and they're good and we're gonna cram them together and just make it part of part of the killing montage (laughs) killing series as it were another bit of trivia about that scene the effects seem messed up on the car falling off the cliff sure Um, did they uh it was supposed to be spectacular they didn't uh, unattach one of the ropes so when it went off it, it was supposed to tumble the entire way down and it stuck on a tree and they have to keep that take (laughs) (laughs) I finally found in my notes the actual topic I wanted to bring up this being in 1988 again there are some insensitive topics that they bring up and make light of Yeah, such as when Mike and Debbie are first going to go find the comet he does a really bad Indian chief impression very similar to Tonto from no, I'm just gonna let you struggle while you while you try to think of his name. <laughs> his name is Lone Tonto, Ranger. the Lone Ranger. Hi ho, Silver! And he does just a horrible impression. I'm not gonna do it, even though I'm possibly Sorry. Native American. I was raised by a white family, <laughs> but he just does like the classic, like I can sense. Uh, I can't do that. You know that thing from uh, the Adam Sandler movie, Bedtime Stories? He does that. Yeah. For 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable. Mm. It's, it's uncomfortable and just like... 
Yeah. It's a little upsetting. It's I, I don't want all that in my, my Killer Clown movie. <laughs> and the, what annoys me is like now with the progressive culture and how we've evolved as a society, they made fun of it like so lightly and nonchalantly that it was just like, like obviously they probably did that all the time, just that. And then also when they're when he, Mike and Debbie first get into the tent, the clown spaceship, he's saying all these different wonders that there can be. And at one point he brings up the oh yeah, mm-hmm. bulimic wonder of the world. Watch your binge and purge and bar, belt, belt barf purge. purge purge and eating disorders are very hard to deal with. And again, having a serious. This is 1988. We can't hate on them for it. It was not. Yeah, we can look down on <laughs> at that point, but I I don't know. Just rewatching now, um, I felt uncomfortable with those scenes. They're peppered yeah. in. Luckily, it's fairly sparingly. It's just the ones that are there are kind of blatant. Yeah, it's just like looking back Animal. at movies and how small aspects haven't aged well, and it puts a damper on how I'd recommend this to people because I know a lot of people who get very upset with not having things be as PC as they like with i probably should wait for recommendations for that part mm-hmm. but yeah no i i mean it, it would be doing a disservice if we didn't bring it up be like there are some things that really were maybe more commonplace at the time but just now looking back it, it's just it's cringy uh, it's very uncomfortable and they're a, a part of this movie unfortunately which otherwise has has some some good creativity, some very funny lines that that are uh, that lift this movie up. But there's a lot of stuff that there, there's some things that tear this movie down. So now that we've talked about this movie, fellas, I want to know: Would you recommend this movie, or not, and why? We'll start with you, Greg. I would definitely recommend this movie. I had a great time. I had a huge smile on my face the whole time. It is silly and goofy and delightful. The gags are spectacular and varied. It's very creative. It's under 90 minutes. It has a killer theme song, and it's just a great time. So I would highly recommend it. Robbie. It was definitely better than I remembered. It's a fun time. It has less plot than it does vignettes. So it's kind of like a a variety of just the whole, like, how do they die type thing. But in a kitschy kind of cute way. So I kind of like it. It's, I I recommend it. And I would say just anytime you want something that's just easy to consume, you can watch with friends, especially with friends and with like a popcorn and some soda. It's just an easy time. Turn your brain off and have some fun. It's camp and delightful. (laughs) Yes. Very camp. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd say, uh, yes, I would recommend this movie under the circumstance that you're watching it with some friends and y'all are, are game to make fun of it and laugh along, uh, both along with it and at it at the same time. I think it's, uh, perfectly fits that like so bad it's good, but it feels like it's definitely done intentionally that it's done with just such a great amount of camp and, uh, like Greg said, it's the perfect length. It's under 90 minutes. So, uh, doesn't overstay its welcome. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the perfect amount. For me, this is a definite recommend. I would give a trigger warning depending on who I'm giving it to just because a couple of insensitive things, but overall it's a spectacular, just 
funny B movie. It definitely goes up there with the movies I will play every Halloween. <laughs> with oh, really? like Rocky Horror, um, Friday the 13th, Scream, like horror movies, but also like these fun comedies that make fun of said tropes. And definitely like one of the best costume party picks to have on the background. And you have to have popcorn. <laughs> Maybe. All right, so that was our discussion of killer clowns from outer space. Next week is Caleb's pick. Caleb, what are we watching next week? We are watching the entire compendium of the falsettos. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, <all right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week, I thought we'd take a turn, and we're going to watch Silver Linings Playbook. Ooh. Ooh. I yeah. what that is. Oh. Robbie, you haven't seen it? Uh-uh. Well, uh, I think Jake there might be. You'll enjoy the themes. Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> and Jennifer it's a, it's Bradley Cooper, my guy. Wait, what's Bradley that? Cooper. Wait, Bradley Cooper. Fuck me. Yeah. But to be fair to you, they <laughs> both are the same. <laughs> or you can. <laughs> okay, what's the name of it? Silver Lighting's Playbook. So feel free to watch that and listen along with us next week. Please follow us on social media. We are Four Film Fellas. That's F O U R Film Fellas on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. And thank you for joining us. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.